This podcast has been brought to you by the patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Go there and donate a couple bucks to get access to the wonderful Slack channel, to get early access to episodes, and to just be a cool person and support a great network of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast. And today we're talking about X-Men, the animated series, season three, episodes three, four, and five. Gary, how are you today? I'm well. I'm ready to get get phoenixed up. You got your uh, astronaut suit on that's going to make clever use of your powers in some way. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm core. I'm I'm bad to the core bone. Bad to the core bone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it. The um, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, we're getting into it. This is the uh, this is noteworthy because this is the first like uh, prestige story, I guess, that the cartoon is adapted. You know, yeah, like this, this is, is our first like oh. huge multi-part episode arc. So like this is five different. I mean, these are five different episodes. Like we're not covering all of them. Like we're splitting it across two episodes. So we'll recover the first three today, and then the next two um, in two weeks. But man, this is a five-episode arc. Like young Jeremy must have lost his goddamn mind to realize that there's five episodes of a thing. Like then they're all. Gonna I was be way into it. Yeah, I was when I was young. I was really really into it. Um, and they do that twice this season. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's kind of strange and, and you can kind of see if you look at the show as a work of adaptation and you can think the first couple episodes or first couple seasons, they adapted things that were based on larger storylines, but they were kind of more just like mythos elements rather than plots. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's not really a defining Savage Land story for the X-Men. It's just, they, there's the Savage Land. Yeah. And so they did Sauron, some Savage Land And shit. then there's that Kazar guy and like, they, they just threw a bunch of stuff into a pot that they knew, you know, all that stuff yeah. was Savage Land. Exactly. You know, but it wasn't like. You know, there's not the Savage Land saga, you know, like it's that's not a thing in the comics, you know, thank, thank God. God. Um, but this is like, I feel like they ran out. They were like, OK, we have to do stuff that deals with the X-Men. Uh, the Shi'ar is a thing. The Phoenix is a thing. But that's not, you know, just a touchstone that every once in a while there's the Phoenix. Like, it's like, no, it's the Phoenix saga and the Dark Phoenix saga, you know, as things um, primarily the Dark Phoenix saga. But it has some setup. So it's like, we have to do that as like a big plot. And I am kind of amazed at how inaccurate uh, this is. I I remembered it being closer to the cartoon and then realized like I was remembering the cartoon Mm -hmm. Uh, and went and did uh, some research. If I remember the dark Phoenix part of the cartoon is more accurate. Okay. Uh, Which is weird because it's full of SNM shit. (laughs) Yeah. This, this has nothing to do with what happens really in the, uh, in, in the thing. I mean, it's just about, you know, the Shi'ar showing up and that's how, the Phoenix shows up, but they expanded it into like a big old thing to, I, <laughs> I think they kind of evil twin. Let's not forget. That. Oh, I, man, I can't like that outfit. <laughs> the, um, his, his evil shawl, the, uh, but the, uh, because yeah, all that stuff's new. And I think that what they did was they were like, let's get some Lalandra shit out of the way too. Like there's, there's this whole subplot in the X-Men about the Shi'ar empire and they're like weird game of Thrones politics. Let's kill some of that shit, which I, I think is good because I, I hate that stuff. 
Like, uh, I'll get it out of the way. Like, I hate the fucking Shi'ar. <laughs> the Shi'ar it's really not, suck. They're not fun whenever they show up. Um, this is the, the... I got Autumn into reading the X-Men um, by putting her in front of uh, Grant Morrison's X-Men, mm-hmm. which is I think would be a good starting point, up until, like, the space people show up. And she was like, Jeremy, I can't read this garbage. Like, this yeah. is just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame her. Like, I was like... Because she was like, can you explain these characters to me? And I said, well, not... I mean, no, really not. No, you just kind of have to just read it and just get through it. Like there's, other, there's stuff on the other side that you're going to want to read. But you, okay. never mind. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, I don't particularly like any of these characters. The aesthetic is something that really bothers me. Uh, like the way that Lalandra looks is just kind of odd and not very cool space to me. Yeah. Say what you want about star Wars. And I know we both said a lot about star Wars on this podcast, but, uh, at least like the aesthetic is okay. Like the way that the ships look is kind of cool. Like none of the Shi'ar empire ships like look interesting to me at all. I think, I think that's, that's, that's pretty true. And like, there's things about the Imperial guard that I like, you know, which is like they're, they're, they're X-Men, the, the Shi'ar superheroes were like, (laughs) Some of them are kind of cool or have cool powers. I remember when I was young, those like official handbooks to the Marvel Universe things where it just show all the characters. And I'd get to the Imperial Guard section, I'd be like, here's 12 cool, like, super-powered creatures to, like, look at and draw and stuff. I remember liking that a lot when I was young. But the actual politics stuff, like, they're so, uh, there's, like, the CR are really that kind of, like, generic space noble. Like, they're not different enough to really be alien. You know, they're they're bird creatures, but they don't have the minds of birds. They're just medieval people in space. They don't even really, like, have the physical forms of birds in a lot of ways either. But, like, in the ways that they do, hair. it just looks like, yeah. exactly, it just looks like bad hair. <laughs> yeah, they, they're goofy. It's supposed to, those are supposed to be feathers. Like, they're supposed to have feathers instead of hair, I think. It's like, and it, it doesn't look like, like that at all. The aliens in every single, uh, like, Star Wars, the original series, of like, oh, you're just a human with, like, a thing coming out of your ear. Like, or Star Trek, whole, the original Star series? Trek. I said Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, Star Trek, yeah. the original series. Like, just, um, this, you know, makeup could not keep up with the imagination at all. Because in Star Wars, it would look different, but it would just be racist. Yeah. Like, it'd be exactly. look different, but it'd be like, what if it was Jamaican? Ha ha ha. It's okay that she's naked because she's my sister. Yes. <laughs> that's why <fine. laughs> yeah, right. it's okay. You gotta get yourself a sister, doy. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it just, they just, it's just like if they had, you could do all of the Shi'ar storylines if they had transported to medieval Europe. Like it's literally just like my yeah. brother, the emperor is trying to take, you know, or my brother is trying to become emperor and, and usurp our kingdom. And this is our knight, you know, who is sworn to protect me and stuff. Like it's so bland. <laughs> for being alien like it's the most bland like alien thing i don't know um and then our our plot device here this imcron crystal that like controls everything like it's just the most boring um like thingamajig that these people have to get after like it's just like a it's literally a crystal like it's in the title like it's just a boring crystal and it's got an orb inside of it and we don't it just does it has like unlimited power but that's really poorly explained and and a lot of things about these episodes of the cartoon that i was surprised when i was looking back on it and just kind of thinking about my knowledge is that like it's not necessarily better explained in the comic like i was like in the comic i was like do i know do i have a better idea what the emcron crystal does in the comic no, no like it, it's the thing all. they have to get to save age of apocalypse but just because it has magnificent power there's not it's really ill-defined like as a MacGuffin, and and it's one of those things like it has like infinite power or magnificent power or whatever but like nobody like there's no like mechanical stuff with that and for better or for worse like when it comes to fantasy or sci-fi i actually kind of dig the mechanics it's one reason that i like that um 
Sanderson guy because like he mm-hmm. writes all these crazy magic books, but like they all have crazy different magic systems. Yeah, like that yeah. stuff is interesting and good. But if you just tell me like, oh, he got the crystal now he you know, and then he like Dragon Balls out or whatever, like I, I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> like it just loses yeah. interest. Yeah, the the it's an internal consistency that that you want. You know, it makes the world feel more believable. Exactly. If if there's rules to it, you know, as opposed to it just literally being magic. Um, you know, which is magic in this case. (laughs) And the way this articulates at the end is so incredibly dumb. Like, like what when he actually gets the crystal, what that means? Oh yeah, is like that's going to be fun to talk about because I like that's really something. I was watching these with disbelief, like just yeah, (laughs) going like I can't. I know this is what you wanted. Yeah, (laughs) uh, this is what you're prevent trying to prevent. Like this buddy wants to turn himself into a big rock guy, like. Go nuts, buddy. He'll sleep tonight. You know, <laughs> let the con tire himself out. He's all tuckered out from turning into a rock god in his own little dimension that like, I don't understand why it's, you know, it's, it's just like, and then it causes disasters. Like it, I don't, I don't, it's very hard to explain what's going on. And like, I feel like much of these episodes, they, the, the one thing I'll say about this entire arc is that like everything moves really quick. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it, you don't have a lot of time to question some of this stuff. Um, it's just like, it, it moves at a really good pace. So you get to these points where it's like, wait, wait, what, what are you, what are you doing? Like this first episode, it's like, wait, what's your plan? It goes and then, so fast. <laughs> it goes so, everything just happens so quickly that like, you're not supposed to really question it. Um, it's like, I'm being fast talked. I feel like I'm getting like, I'm getting conned. Like I'm yeah, playing three card bounty with you're like, sorking out or whatever is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I've been all sorked. I'm all sorked up. You know? <laughs> all sorked up. Martin <laughs> like, Scorsese, not Martin Scorsese, Martin Sheen came over, put his arm around you and just talks your ass right out of the white house. <laughs> yeah. That's like, okay, I resign. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you can have, you can have it. I don't know what I did. Yeah. You're the president now. I, it's a, uh, it's just, so so well, let's get into it because some of this stuff is definitely bears uh bears talking about. First episode, uh XM three oh three, the Phoenix Saga Part One, Sacrifice. Original air date, September fifth, nineteen ninety four. A Shiar emissary, Eric the Red, he is not an emissary. Eric the Red violent takes violently takes over then then that's how you know he's not an emissary. It's like <laughs> in the damn sentence. A Shiar emissary, Eric the Red, violently takes over the Eagle One space station. The X Men race into space to save the astronauts on board none of this happens. And battle Eric the Red. <laughs> but on the way back to Earth. An energy wave collides with their aircraft. Uh, with no other options, Jean takes matters into her own hands and pilots the plane while shielding the rest of the X-Men, exposing herself to the Phoenix Force. God, it just it uh, makes it sound so dirty. Like, Gambit sounds like he would expose himself to the Phoenix Force. <laughs> Why didn't you say, like, opening yourself or opening herself? <laughs> that's, that's, that is 100% true. You don't want to open up to the... Well, I mean, either or, I guess not. <laughs> like, Gambit opening up to the Phoenix Force. I don't like that. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, just instantly much. fried, right? <laughs> the first time I had sex was with my aunt, Cherie. <laughs> Like Gambit's my baby said, the, she taught me how to be a man. Gambit's gonna do the thumb through the zipper trick, and and Gene's just gonna fucking vaporize him on the spot. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> uh, goodbye. Yeah, Cajun. a lot of this in the description doesn't just like just doesn't happen. Um, it, 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 the description is a much more direct and sensical plot. Like like this describe like the X Men finding out a space station is in trouble and going to save the astronauts as opposed to like taking over the space station because they don't know why. Like, which is actually what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, like they're superheroes, goddamn! Like, what are you doing? Not, not in these two, not in these three episodes. They're not. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, they don't do is, much superhero is... shit at all. Um, so this uh, and the, the characters even talk about it. Like it's it's fucking real weird. So um, we we open up with like Xavier. Uh, he's he's kind of space screaming and dreaming about these like bug ships uh, uh, attacking each other 
Um, and and there's like insectoid ships fighting each other in space. Yeah, and, and this is like completely nonsensical. This is what I was talking about with the design. Like, I just don't like any of the looks of these mm-hmm. ships. Like, these weird bug-eyed things don't work for me at all. And you can't tell who's the good guy or the bad guy, which is, you know, on purpose right now. But, like, they're just kind of firing at each other, like no idea what's going on in here and it goes on for like what five six seven it's, minutes it's, 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 i mean it's not quite that long but it's very it goes on for too long and it just seems like a weird dream it doesn't seem like anything we worth screaming about xavier um until eventually like a woman in a, in a spacesuit says like xavier you have to help me um this this is all awakened if you remember the last episode which to give you a peek behind the kimono, me and Jeremy recorded like 10,000 years ago. But the, the last episode... Um, it was two weeks for you guys. Me and Gary, yeah, two weeks for you guys. It was, like, it was probably two months. Um, but in that one, that Shi'ar artifact, that prison that landed, that's what kind of opened up Xavier to these psychic no, no, dreams. Um, you mean exposed Xavier. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's the thing that exposed him up. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, um, and I guess this is hurting him because, as you mentioned, he's screaming the entire time. But the way that it's it's kind of presented, he's just envisioning this stuff. But he's like, like, ah, oh, why are you doing this to me? Like, this is causing him physical pain somehow, uh, yeah, or, or or psychic pain or something. Uh, but he wakes up from this from this dream or vision, calls the X Men to the war room, and uh, they all just arrive in their PJs. <laughs> this is, is really good. Like in the middle of the night, they all get woken up, and like, so Cyclops has his like Hugh Hefner smoking jacket. Uh, that of course he wears, um, you know, and everybody else kind of makes sense. Like uh, Beast isn't just his boxers because, like, why would he wear clothes at night? Like, he doesn't wear clothes during the day. Hey, why does he, uh, why would he wear clothes? Period. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's like when I mean, we Covered we've established <laughs> that he's got a, a just like a furry patch where uh, genitals once were, um, and like everybody kind of shows up and like be, uh, Xavier's like Rogue's on a mission, just real quick because they didn't want to draw her, um, and then uh, they're just like at some point. Uh, well, Ring comes in. He's like, you know, where's the Cajun? Uh, <laughs> and then forget, Gambit, he does, he does the chair around backwards too. Like, oh, he does sure, the, he the hello, fellow right. teens routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th- this like little scene with everybody in their pajamas, I really like. Uh, and then Gambit shows up, who's been at a club the whole time. Um, fucking all skanked out, dude. Like with this, all like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't draw a gold chain, but like I just, I have a mental gold chain, like right? yeah, because he's got those it's like, like three or four buttons on his button-down shirt, you know, unbuttoned and like just exposed. Ugh, so gross. He's, yeah, he's, he's not late for gambit, you know. <laughs> just like I've been getting kicked out of clubs all night. <laughs> i keep getting bounced you know uh you know very it's pretty good when he shows up and his little his little cajun music sting pops up to you and xavier says listen i can't tell you why <laughs> but i need you to break into this space station like the eagle one space station you just gotta do it it's about most importance like trust me i'm 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 xavier it's so fucking weird like and, and like they 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 reference Peter Corbeau who um I I really only know because of um explain the X Men podcast yeah. with Jerry, Jay and Miles I must said Jerry and Miles that sounds like a much different podcast like a, like a totally <laughs> like a, anyway um but like I guess he's like a known dude and he actually kind of shows up and talks to the X Men a little bit about a little bit about like what's happening uh later on but for now like hank is just like oh yeah eagle one with peter corbeau yeah i know that guy like okay we get it fucking name dropper like chill out he's he's a he's a famous it's it's weird because at this time the x-men and the comics they had a lot of real characters that would show up like these npr reporters kept showing up yeah and you could be forgiven for thinking peter corbeau was a real scientist but he's not he's just like chris claremont's mary sue character that he included like what if a human was peak performance and was an archaeologist space magician 
you know, scientist Lord and just kind of created this, this mega man into the comics. Um, he's never shown up in the cartoon though before. So it's really weird. when everyone just says like, you know, name ass name, you know, bland ass name. And all the X-Men are like, yeah, that guy. Well, I mean, it's, it's only not weird when you're watching it because you just watched seven minutes of bug spacecraft shooting anyone. Yeah. <laughs> You've so been this just runs submission. right over. <laughs> yeah. This entire thing is, be- is, is really reliant on you being uh, beaten into submission. Um, so, you know, he's like, um, you know, and Storm's going to go, of course. And he's like, no, Storm, you stay behind uh, to, to help to help this mission. It's like they've already formulated this plan and we're going to get to this plan and the plan's real fucking dumb. Yep. Um, so then he leaves, you know, hey, just go do this gambit. Weirdly enough, is the voice of reason who's like breaking into government facilities. That doesn't sound like something we do, um, which like one, you do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> like it's it's the first episode. It's the, the third episode. It's like the 10th episode. It, like it happens literally. All you do is break it. Yeah. Um, but also like, why is it Gambit? Who's the one who's like, Hey, why are, why are we, why aren't we doing superhero shit? Yeah. Why is, why, where is Cyclops in this? Like <laughs> Cyclops should definitely say something. It, even Wolverine, like this sounds like something Wolverine would be going, uh, I don't think I want to go in space. Like, are you, are totally. we sure about this? Yeah. And, and Cyclops is not doing it because he's too busy feeling sad that Xavier didn't tell him a secret. Oh yeah. Like, I'm glad we took out time from the from this 22 minute animated series, this 22 minute cartoon <laughs> to deal with Cyclops feelings on being insecure. Like there's a whole scene where he walks in and is like, "Professor Xavier, why couldn't you why can't you tell tell us what's going on? Why can't you tell me?" Like it's, it's just he's a, like he's you just uh, did a performance that sounds like somebody who's insecure. The way Cyclops does it on the cartoon is in the weird like it's not Gene declarative voice. So he's like, <laughs> also "Why true. didn't you tell the team? Why didn't you tell me?" <laughs> it's really good he's and, got one and, declarative tone and it's not gene <laughs> and xavier's like you know you have to trust me i can't do this uh and this is just like the weird like why why this is like setting up a conflict that comes uh for next episode between those the two um and setting up these seeds of like you know dark xavier which we're gonna you're gonna pay off immediately but like it why can't he tell him like hey i've been getting psychic projections like they live in a world where this shit happens yeah like nothing is weird to you you're you're x-man like yeah you you could say like i'm getting space messages yeah (laughs) like he drank a potion that turned him into a cat like Like, you literally live in a world where like Xavier could be like, I'm getting messages from a person from space. I'm the most powerful psychic in the fucking world. It's okay for me to get messages like distress calls from space. Why does he think his like his crew won't believe them? Especially Cyclops who would like literally believe anything, anything he said, you know, <laughs> I mean, if so it's just, it's artificial distrust for no reason. And I, I thought maybe because I rewatched these today um, and I thought that maybe there was something like Xavier didn't quite know or something. And there is some of that, but like, you can just say like, I don't know yet. I'm getting psychic projections from an alien force and it seems weird. I think you guys should be up there to protect the humans. Like at the very least investigate. Yeah. You know, like I need you guys to be there because I can't, cause I can't fucking walk. <laughs> cause, <laughs> I can't fucking walk. cause I ain't you know? got no legs. Cause I <laughs> got no legs like <laughs> give me a break man sometimes i need you guys like you don't complain when i ask you to pick up netflix from the mailbox like don't complain now scott don't you understand why wolverine calls me wheels all the goddamn time scott jesus <laughs> it's because of these um okay so so their plan um they all they all come up to the the thing um storm summons a bunch of fog because that's that's storm's thing um like Wolverine is like fixing to jump over the fence, but beast like tosses him over Yep. uh, here instead of like doing, you know, they're, they brought Jubilee 
who uh, whose power set so far, as far as being useful, is like kind of annoying guys in the face, and then short circuit electronics. Like rather than using her to like short circuit this door or whatever, they just have uh, Wolverine like just destroy it. You know, which which lets everyone know they're there, which is why they actually need Jubilee. <laughs> like they're like <laughs> this plan makes no sense like it's just you not- need to be they will believe that this this uh this yellow coated teen is the one who broke into this government facility by herself and will that draw attention that will draw attention away from the seven like superheroes who actually broke in you'd be you'd be if you didn't know about the x-men and i set someone down in front of this this episode and the next one and then afterwards asked you what is storm's power i don't think they would say well. <laughs> all the all you would all she does is summon fog she does this like four times she's, she just summons some fog. fog so people can run away do you think that coming from africa and stuff do you think she just learned about fog like <laughs> do you, she, she went to new york was like, like what is this this, this, wait, this is probably this is probably weather holy let me try something <laughs> oh shit oh, like, whoa why the goddess <laughs> so this uh, is what clammy feels like huh. oh this is what people mean when they describe my handshakes the um but it, it's it's uh because she's yeah she's real into fog recently and it's because a lot of these problems would be solved by shooting lightning at things they don't yeah. want it to be solved too soon you know so or, it, or it's, freezing uh, everybody in the place right like that's that's the I, other thing that she never does I've, I've so been in fog and it doesn't work the way that like like you can you can see the thickest fog I've ever been in, you could see a good, you know, 15, 20 feet in front of you. Yeah. You know, I like, regularly drive over a 20 mile long bridge. That's over like a bayou. And when the temperature changes, like the fucker is fogged up beyond belief, but I can still drive over it. Like, it's, yeah. safe. <laughs> it's, it's not going to like at some point, like I think it's in the next episode, they're like standing right next to some cops and, yep. and bring in fog and then just run away. It's yep. like, like a smoke bomb. Um, with the uh, get lost in the fog like it's not a maze guys (laughs) it's very very weird um but this whole thing of just making and jubilee's like oh why do i have to do this and it you know why do you have to do this this doesn't make i mean like you guys could have got in without setting off the alarms for one like you could have actually snuck in rather than like draw all this attention like I mean, in some and, world, Gambit is a thief. Like, he yeah, should be able to disable alarms. And, and storm, so a storm, and Beast is really, really stealthy. And you have a psychic who can who can cloud people's minds, which you use in like two seconds. <laughs> like they literally, like, like there's no reason Jubilee couldn't be on this mission because as soon as these guys show up to arrest her, it's like she's like, "Well, I broke in. I wanted to see everything," uh, and it's like, "Okay, fine," uh, but. Jean Grey, the other astronauts that come in there, and Jean Grey makes them think that the X-Men are astronauts. Well, first, it's, they, Cyclops just totally shoots the astronauts. Like, oh, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's like true. there's like six astronauts walk in, and Cyclops just shoots every single one of them as like, sorry, fellas. Like, you couldn't think of another way to handle that. <laughs> you have somebody who can put people to sleep. At the, um, very, they, at the very least, they have minor bruising. <laughs> And and I think they they lock that don't they there's all like specifically a line like they lock them in a room with plenty of food and water or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their cask of amontilladoing these people. <laughs> like, you guys will be okay because how long are you planning to be gone, X Men? Like, <laughs> yeah, these guys might be locked up for two weeks. They need enough rations for that. Like Cyclops, why are you breaking up the door? Don't worry, the mortar dissolves in three weeks. They'll be fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It is, uh, it's very weird, uh, very unnecessarily complicated. So then, you know, Dr. Corbeau though, then Gene like clouds his mind to make him think all the X-Men are the astronauts, which like, if you could do that, the entirety of your plan before this point is unnecessary. You could have shown up at the front door and be like, Hey, we're the astronauts. 
and then like go in, walk in like you own the fucking place, you know? <laughs> it's it's, it's so something dumb. else. It's so like, dumb. It, it's like it feels really space filly. Like we need to make sure everybody gets a chance to do something. Uh, and, and here's how. And this, and this does take a long time. Like they they finally like after they finished all of this. Um, there's a moment where Beast and Wolverine are inspecting like whatever the cargo is because again the X Men have no idea why they're there if they're supposed to be protecting anybody or what they're supposed to be protecting and like Beast is really impressed by this like radiation shielding device and Wolverine is like all these gizmos get on my nerves (laughs) (laughs) that's really good you live in the X mansion (laughs) Wolverine as an audience surrogate character is quickly becoming one of my favorite things about this show absolutely like him just saying the things that I'm thinking like I don't care which Cajun gets married to what you know I'm here to stop a wedding uh, his, his, his whole that Cajun is, is, line is like one of my favorite things about this show right now. It's, it's literally what one Cajun of the, one knows of what to, what Cajun. <laughs> I'm here to stop a wedding. <laughs> like, you know, his uh, his whole thing is, is getting really good because he's just like this is fucking dumb, you know, and it is. It's so dumb, and that radiation shielding thing is really frustrating because it's so obvious. Like, oh, this will pay off later. Oh yeah, like, they're going to use this radiation shielding, aren't they? Chekhov's radiation shielding is what we've it's got there. Very I don't know why Chekhov making anything into a Chekhov's noun just amuses the fuck out of me here. <laughs> like it could be like Chekhov's Apple Incorporated, and I'm just going to fucking it's, die laughing. <laughs> it's because he's a uh, prolific playwright. True, um, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, Gene gets a headache and uh, realizes like this is all a setup for a trap, which doesn't make any sense. But poison starts pouring through the thing, and then they all pass out. Uh, Gambit thinks he's going to fight off the poison by like charging up a card, which works exactly <laughs> yeah, as well like, as you might expect <laughs> if you know anything about poison. Attack the darkness, yeah, cards like, yeah. or Gambit. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah uh, they, uh, but everybody passes out. We think Wolverine's going to make it to the door, but he doesn't. And then our our villain shows up, this Eric the Red guy. And um, and, you know, in the, yeah, in the comics, this dude is a fake villain, right? Like in the comics, he's, this guy he's is psych- like Psychos plays him, I think. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah like the, he's just like a he's a mantle that people put on to uh, you know pretend to be a villain to the X Men for you know nefarious reasons. But in this, like he's. He's totally working for the Shire. Or Shire. Yeah, the Shire. He's working, um, he's I, working I, for the Hobbits, Gary. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, yeah, I think that's true. I don't think he was ever associated with the Shi'ar. I think they just needed like a villain because uh, it wouldn't make any sense for Ken to show up here himself. Yeah, I you guess know? not. Yeah, and they wanted to do a reveal with Guardian later. Like it'd make the most sense for Guardian to be doing this. Yes. Like this, that's, that's his job. Like he's literally just like the hand boy of of uh the empire emperor shiar emperor but so yeah so eric the red shows up um he's dre- like a lot of the the shia shiar men dress like he-men i think like i think this guy is dressed really like a do, he-man yeah. figure um lots like, of exposed uh, flesh but not where you would expect <laughs> yeah yeah just like weird x x torsos like a lot of zardoz like x torsos going on um so like i want to be i want to be comfortable and covered but i want my nipples exposed also yeah i need something that'll breathe i don't want chief <laughs> the uh, so the idea here is that Eric the Red was planning on capturing the astronauts and didn't know that he got the X Men. Yes. So it's, it's not the X Men. He wasn't trying to trap the X Men. He was trying to trap uh, Corbeau. And they never explain why he needs Corbeau. Like this entire like all of the. I mean, maybe maybe they do, and I missed it. But I couldn't realize. I couldn't figure out what the Shiar's motivation was here. Well, I think I think because. Of what happens at the end, um, I think this they have determined this is where Lalandra is going to show up. Like she's gone through a wormhole, 
and like Eric the Red's trying to get ahead of her. Like they know that she's okay. going to Earth, so like that he wants to be in position on this space station, which is where the astronauts were going to, so that he can capture Alondra. My thing on that is, if he has a spaceship that can get him to Earth, yes. why does he need our shitty space station that can't it's like, go it's anywhere? Like me, it's like me taking an Uber to your car <laughs> so you can drive me to somewhere. Except, you except you're taking the Uber, you're trying to meet me on the interstate while I'm driving. <laughs> you're trying to trade. <laughs> I'm going to jump from my Uber to your car rather than take the Uber to like you know the picnic we're going to. The interstate, interstate picnic. The interstate picnic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, it's it's very like nobody's plans are good no, in this. Like nobody comes off well. Um, but eventually, uh, like there, there is some back and forth here too. I think Eric tries to blow them out of an airlock. Gene saves everybody, but like the yeah. armed people like showed up and shoot her, so she kind of gets knocked out. But well, Cyclops shoots them. Like, it's kind of a awesome. Lot of back and forth. The, the armed people are the other astronauts. That oh, the air, right. the red have, controls. They have and mind he, control devices. They show up two episodes later. Like he he, he keeps like, them around. These guys are having a real rough couple of weeks. Like <laughs> he doesn't give up on them because like yeah these guys he just like recruited these two he, these two guys with guns as his henchmen. Um, these, and these are, really these are trained professionals, dude. Like this is an astronaut. Like the dude's really smart and probably in peak physical condition. And you put a gun in his hands and making him yep. shoot the X Men. And you couldn't bring a Shi'ar. Like this is it's it's very strange. Like why did you go on this mission by yourself? It's it's like a Metal Gear mission where it, it's you know uh, gear on arrival or whatever SOP mm-hmm. mission, um, on site procur- pr- procurement. You know, like just recruit any humans you run into. <laughs> recruit any human humans. That's the yeah. new game I want to play. Yeah, recruit all humans. <laughs> Um, so, uh, at some point, you know, they're, they're having this back and forth. Uh, Eric Dredd is talking to his boss who we find out later is Deken, who's like, I can't believe you captured the X-Men. I wanted you to capture astronauts. Um, Eric Dredd explains this thing about the wormholes and how he wants to capture, capture Leandra. And we don't know who Leandra is yet. I don't think we've heard that name yet. No, no. Uh, all, we, all we know is that there's a bug eyed creature that's been communicating with, uh, Xavier. That's really all we know at this point. Yeah. Um, so then the X-Men show up after they, you know, they're no longer knocked out. The airlock stuff is, is, is no longer, and they have a fight. Yes. Uh, this is with the two Eric, the reds, like gun guys. Yeah. Um, and this fight doesn't really go particularly well for the X-Men Gambit and beast. Once again, get involved in some like comedic farce. <laughs> like they're really mm-hmm. the, <laughs> like the, during the poison scene, Gambit dropped his card and like blew him and beast up. And now like somebody <laughs> shoots Gambit and he falls back on beast. Like it's just a real like weird comedic <laughs> device. They're, they're cursed to forever interfere <laughs> exactly. with one another. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, they, uh, what ends up happening is the spaceship, the space shuttle or the space station ends up, you know, getting exploded. So the X-Men have to yes. leave. They save all the astronauts, pile them onto the spaceship. They quickly realize that they're going to be caught up in like this backdraft, which is going to expose them to all of this <gasps> radiation. If only there was something that we had that could regard again. Oh yeah. The radiation shield no. thing that from earlier. Um, yes. But then of course, uh, you know, nobody can fly the spaceship if they're all in the thing. So Peter Corbo says, this is my ship, you know, I'll do it. Gene says, no, 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 I can just shield myself using my telepathic shield and then just download how to do stuff from you, which Gene, why aren't you the smartest person in the world? Why haven't like you been it, doing this all the time? This is, this is the kind of thing that the psychics on the X-Men should be doing all the time. In the comics, there's a certain point where, uh, and, or this might, no, this happened in the cartoon where Xavier downloads, uh, the <laughs> nuclear physics information from a missile. <laughs> from the missile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If like, like you could literally learn how to be any inanimate object. Like, but you have to need Jubilee to, to distract some guards. It, yeah, it, it's uh, it's super stupid. This whole thing is just like really, really silly and overly complicated. Like this whole like 
well, we can be in the shuttle, we can steer, but it will have too much radiation. We have to get into this thing we can't steer uh, that will be controlled by this thing that has too much radiation. Like, it, it just feels fussy mm-hmm. to me in a way that, like, finicky in a way that doesn't make any sense. And uh, there's, you know, of course, there's this, like, you know, don't sacrifice yourself, Gene. Like, Scott's going to stop her, and Gene just knocks him out, which. I love this. You know, yeah. that's not the first time she's done that, right? No, 100% like, you know, that happens. That, that's a dynamic in their relationship where he's, you know, like, they're at a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, and the mariachi band shows up, and Scott, like, dives into his wallet for a 20 and and she just knocks him out to stop him from like asking him to play a little spanish flea like over and over and over or whatever <laughs> not the violins <laughs> again scott not the violins yeah. you know just like every, any number of things like he's you know scott leans over and is like you know we could watch the spickle with me twice if we just stay in the theater and and <laughs> she just knocks him out like it probably happens you, all the time what do you think about me turning my yellow strap into like a minions meme conk <laughs> out <laughs> yeah, just you know you know that that, that is the dynamic of that relationship Which and uh, is we'll, good. We'll like, Rain, props to gene is, <laughs> yeah, total props to gene and like wolverine who is like in the cartoon at least like you know their attraction makes you know some some mild sense like you can kind of see what she sees in wolverine because he's like she comes up to him and she, she's like don't try to stop me and he's like i wouldn't try to stop you i'm just saying you know good luck and you know, and he gets a little tiny kiss on the cheek. So that's more than yeah. fucking Cyclops got. Yeah. So, 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 so. <laughs> Maybe Cyclops. If Cyclops wasn't delaying their fucking wedding every season. Like they, she would be a little bit more nicer to him, right? Like they could just go get no. married at any time. Literally. I'm so weird that they're not married, but you can see. So, you know, that's, that's a good characterization for Wolverine. Like he understands sacrifice. Yep. Uh, it's in the title of the episode. They, uh, they go down. Um, we get to see the Phoenix force explode out of her for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of into her. And this is, this, this is the first time she gets the Phoenix force. Um, everybody lands uh, in the the they they hit the Empire State Building. Oh wait, we're not we're not quite there yet. That's that's the end oh, of the shit. episode. Like um, oh shit, okay. Yeah, that, that's that's the to be continued mark. Is Gene kind of we see like the flash of the Phoenix Force and then immediately into to be continued. And that's when we go to um, oh, it starts with the next episode. You're right. I just yeah. I watched them back to back and I got them because they go right into each other. I mean, like they were aired. Um, it, it, interestingly enough, they they were aired like one day apart. Like they, they didn't wait yeah. a week to do this. So uh, like it's really yeah. easy, and they all blend together pretty seamlessly. Like if you cut out the intro, you'd be pretty good. So especially especially episodes kind of this one and, and the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, and then so yeah, let's uh, let's get into the uh, next episode. I, I and we'll get right into the uh, them destroying the Empire State Building. <laughs> superheroes, <laughs> world-renowned superheroes, the X Men destroying uh, one of the most famous buildings in the world. Um. XM three hundred four the Fe- uh, the Phoenix Saga Part Two the Dark Shroud original air di- date uh, September sixth nineteen ninety four it's a shroud um, this this episode is very funny to me uh, when Jean Grey's psychokinetic shield fails she is possessed by the Phoenix Force meanwhile Xavier goes to Muir Island to recuperate after his mind is attacked and a psychic projection of his dark side attacks the X Men an alien named Leandra why are we getting Leandra's middle last name? Leandra Naramani. Naramani. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's ever used. Uh, comes to assist the X Men, but is taken captive by Juggernaut and Black Tom. So, and that, that seems pretty accurate. I think that that's that's more or less what happens. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. If okay. you're curious about Xavier's dark side, like just stay tuned because we're yeah, gonna get there real quick. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's good shit. Uh, so the the rocket ship. Uh, is kind of is shaking and stuff. They're they're gonna fall down, um, and this is where Jean gets taken over by the uh, the Phoenix Force, which allows her to be psychically strong enough to actually do it. Yeah, they and, uh, crash land in the Hudson Bay. Um, I thought that they had missed. I thought like you could see the the twin towers, the World Trade Center in the background, but you're saying it's the Empire State Building, so maybe I just got them mixed up. Um, yeah, they they definitely like go through like they definitely like clip a thing. Okay, 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Like I watched these a while back cause it is also, we talked about recording these a while back too. Yeah. Uh, just to, you know, again, just we schedule how we want. Um, uh, the, uh, but the shuttle and, and the, uh, this chamber, the radiation chamber, uh, that's, or the radiation shielding chamber that ever, all the people are sitting in, they, they break apart from one another and the shuttle like starts shoving the, um, chamber down into the water. Yeah. And, and, and it's good Beast is really intolerable here. Oh my like, God. When the, the leaks start happening and he's just, like, our, our, our craft seems to have lost its watertight you know, seal while like, putting <laughs> his hands up, his trying, hand to, over it? What is trying to like, cause he just wants to, it's like when you put your thumb over the tip of a hose, like he's just trying to spray down everybody for funzos. <laughs> he's probably um, just trying to cool gamut down. Who's like, all right, gamut going to have an orgy before he dies. Yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> never been in space before when he jerk off. Uh, um, I got the ace of spades right here. Um, <laughs> one eyed Jack is wild. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it coffee or cream, Jerry? Is there any chance that Gambit does refer to his dick as One-Eyed Jack? One, or either One-Eyed Jack or the King. Either one. Or, yeah, or, or King of Hearts. You know. <laughs> the, uh, or, or the Ace of Spades, because it's shape kind of thing. I just like, you, you pretty much... But you know, because Gambit, you'd be like, this is my four of clubs. And <laughs> like, still sound terrible. That's what I was thinking, about? too. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is the seven of diamonds, share. Like, what? Why? What, do you what, are you, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> it just sounds gross when you say it. A pair um, of... Rules yeah, they, for drawing stud poker. <laughs> <laughs> How about this five card stud? <laughs> it just doesn't make any cards. sense. Oh, Gambit. Um, Gambit's the, uh, second life name is just called Texas Hold'em, and he he thinks yes. it's really dirty and no one else does. <laughs> <laughs> he shaves a different card uh, suit into his pubic hair every month. Oh, it's probably so, every day because you know that shit's wild, right? Like he probably has to maintain that a lot. <laughs> you think it grows that that fast? It's a secondary it's a, mutation. It's a secondary talk about. <laughs> Gamma gonna have to find stock in Phillips Norelco. He keeps buying all these razors. <laughs> you get that Rogaine, you don't. You'll be like a ball baby. Jubilee, <laughs> what you know about Nash? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, stop asking me that. Uh, <laughs> Jubilee, I'm 13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, D- uh, DCFS. Yeah, Jubilee again. Mm. Um, so yeah, they so they managed to get out. Uh, Cyclops blasts the end of the of the chamber, and they all, they all swim up just in time to see uh, Gene go full like Phoenix Force and fly up into the air full of fire and the flames and say, oh, I'm Phoenix. And then yep. just immediately fall into the water again. And this is where, um, if you, if anybody's been watching our Twitters for the last few days, uh, like Scott's amount, the amount of genes that Scott throws out is <laughs> Jesus Christ. So it's, some of them are clearly the same audio file repeated too. Yep. It's real good. Like it's exact gene, gene, like, <laughs> I'm going to try to cut out every reference to the word gene and just let you go crazy with that and see if there's anything that's that's there. (laughs) (laughs) We'll definitely have to be a gene, gene related thing. So that's yeah. Gene's good. Um, Okay, so uh, she falls down the ground. Scott and Jean run and try to save her at the same time because which one does he love? Um, And she kind of gets this amnesia. She doesn't remember very much, but she's like, I feel powerful. Okay. Um, and this is, then they go to the hospital at this point, right? 
Or is yes. this, are they still having this conversation in like in, in the, the water? No, no, no. The okay. <laughs> they don't, they're not worried about crashing the spaceship in the Hudson Bay. Nobody has to talk to anybody about that. So that's all done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they take her to the hospital where she's feeling weak and also powerful at the same time. Uh, Beast and Xavier show up to be kind of shitty to her about it. Like, oh yeah, you were definitely flying. Beast is wearing a Howard the Duck shirt for reasons. Unknown. Yeah. Was Howard the Duck coming? Like when did that, that movie was in the eighties, right? Like there's no way that Howard the Duck came out in 94, right? Uh, Howard the Duck is Howard the Duck. The movie came out in the eighties, but it yeah. was a cartoon before that. It's like a Steve Gerber cartoon that's been around. So it's uh, Stephen. I think it's a, like a late seventies thing. Okay, I just remember the movie. I don't remember anything, anything before that. And of course, when he shows up in um, Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. So I don't, yeah, I don't know why he's wearing clothes. It's it's just like why does a weird Beast thing ever wear clothes? And and there is apparently like Howard the Duck exists as a comic in this universe. Like, I mean, I get it; it's just kind of a funny Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's pretty goofy. Um, Beast talks about like all the stuff that's happening. Um, but basically, like, oh yeah, we don't have to worry about that because the government's covering it up. Which any other time the X Men would be furious about, but now it's yeah. totally okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, we fucked up. Our plan was bad. <laughs> Um, these poor so, astronauts that are like, no, we just woke up in this bricked-in closet with a bunch of food and water. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, we, we we got a bunch of new concussions. Um, so everybody's worried about Gene is what I get what they're trying to do here because mm-hmm. this is when they run into Wolverine and Wolverine's all pissy. Well, not, uh, not quite. But first, first we got to talk okay. about Cyclops and Xavier yelling at each other because Cyclops is like, "You sent oh, us yeah, up yeah. there without any knowledge," and like they have a big fight, and then Beast is like, "Well, hey, that's not helping anybody." Let me let me take these mind control devices we pulled off the astronauts, and uh, I'll I'll go check those out. I'll go science them. Which yeah. is where he runs into Wolverine, like kicking over trash cans. And his advice just, to Wolverine is, maybe a Manhattan nightclub would help you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 I mean, that's I, I I love that. Let's take a second though to talk about how right Scott is. Also, yes, Scott is like, extremely how, right. <laughs> like Xavier, you fucked up, dude. Like this is. Like, this is really like his his uh, perma fiance like almost died because you wouldn't say it's because I'm having weird dreams. Be careful, you know, and Xavier is a real, real shitbag about it. Like Xavier's real like he doesn't cop to anything, you know, so I think that's supposed to, it's really, really quick foreshadowing for like what's going to happen in two seconds <laughs> when, when his, his force ghost comes out and is evil. And then there's this scene where Wolverine actually agrees that, yeah, actually some nightlife might help me out like from my, you know quasi crushed person almost dying and me going into space. Maybe I need to go dance to some dance to some trans, <laughs> yeah, but they like, can't get a cab because because they're, because they're beast and Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Um, so let's, let's talk for a second about, uh, Xavier's, uh, car here is, his his flying. What is his, this? I, you know, I didn't know the X-Men had these. Like, they have these, it's like, they're, it's like the, the spaceship equivalent of a go-kart. Yeah, it's like a little personal jet, but it yeah. it, it's just like a little, where did he land this? Is this on top of the hospital? It's on the roof. Yeah, he landed on the hospital roof. Like, <laughs> it's really, it's like yellow. It's real like, or it's yellow or bright green. It's like this very, like, little kid designed, uh, it looks like a toy. Like, it looks like something you'd buy for the X-Men to sit in from Toy Biz in, like, it, 1994. It, it, it almost it looks... I bet, I'll bet there, there is one of these. Like, there's probably, like, an X-Men um I, I collected the shit right? out of these toys, and there isn't. <laughs> like, I had a bunch of these, and there's not this. It's just a weird... It's out of nowhere. 
I'm just Googling this now just to see if there's anything. And no, there's not. I'm not seeing anything. It's super strange. <laughs> I mean, there's strange. the Blackbird, obviously, but that's it. So when he when he gets into his ship, he has a mind attack. Mm-hmm. And then a version of Xavier uh, pops out that has a shawl. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it comes I, out well, technically, them. it's a shroud. <laughs> yeah, has, I don't has, know has if you remember the, the episode title or not. <laughs> yeah, is it a shroud though? What even? It looks like he's. Um, it's like the thing that Sherlock Holmes wears. Yeah, it's it's definitely a cape, is what I would call this. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a fashion boy by any means. Like, I have t-shirts and blue jeans all the way. But like, it clips around his neck. It's like a long flowing garment that goes out behind him. And all, and for some reason, his tie got a little bit longer and it's black. Like that's, that's yeah. evil Xavier. <laughs> that's that's evil Xavier. It really, it's like the laziest Halloween costume. <laughs> you know, like he, he's just like putting on whatever he has and just saying, you know, I want to do this for Halloween. This seems super easy. Like I, this I'm would be. You have to shave your head. I, that'd be the hard part. I'm not. I mean. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like there's, just, there's, there's there's one operative feature to Xavier. <laughs> like there's, you know, there's, or what one of his uh, primary things there. I shaved um, my head in a like my, the sixth grade, uh, and yeah, that was not a good. It was not yeah. a good look for me. Nobody needs to see this head. <laughs> I, I did a so I had a breakup, and then like shaved my head afterwards because I was just like you know the way you sometimes want a drastic change after a breakup. This is when I was you know, like twenty, um, and it was it looked extremely bad. I got a weird fucking shaved head. Um, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently we have old dicks and weird heads. So yeah, old, old dicks, weird heads. (laughs) Um, yeah, I just, I, I tried to Google image search this. I put in X-Men animated series, the shroud and nothing shows up with, uh, dark Xavier's cape, but, Mm -hmm. um, there is a bunch of, uh, kind of previews from episodes that are to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty excited. Like I didn't realize we're going to get an episode with like the mutant liberation front and stuff. So this is, this is a good show and I'm into it. I want to get to, that, to so, uh, just skim through real quick to see if we can find um, like a like a, a not like a picture of uh, evil Xavier real quick because it's quite good. It'd be good for the show notes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, this is this is really dumb because <laughs> immediately what he decides to do is just fuck with the X Men. Like that—that's yeah. his whole plan. Like, there's no. I mean, there's no like end result. He just he just wants to fuck with the X Men, and I really where is this mind attack coming from? Did you? I that I that I don't know. I think it's I think if the best will in the world, I could say it's like just stress that comes from, you know, the, every all the psychic attacks that's been happening to him. Um, but like that's that's they never say that. That's just me making a wild fucking guess. I mean, they do a thing where they they I guess act like it's Lalandra with the Imkron crystal, but like what? Why would Lalandra this... isn't going to want to release his dark half. And at the end, he says it. He says something like, "The psychic barriers I keep up to keep my dark half away." Uh, failed. So we run into some like fucking Logan shit. You know, like anytime Xavier gets a migraine, there's going to be a psychic ghost that goes around torturing people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, not a good scene, dude. That's not cool. It's it's very weird, and it's it's the kind of thing that like is set up in the comics. Like there's there's precedent for this, right? Like there's onslaught. Um, there's the Xavier protocols. Like there's all this stuff about Xavier being uh, one of his like you know his, his characterization things is that like he's so uh utilitarian that he's like he has like files on how to kill all of the uh all the x-men in case he has to you know and uh he had his like weird lingering crush on gene gray that never shows up in the cartoon but it was in the comics weirdly enough and like is part of why he turned into onslaught like all there's that kind of there is a dark side to xavier that's explicitly like evil um like this but the way the show just like 
brings it up and puts it to bed in the space of about eight minutes is <laughs> really weird. Like nobody gives a shit after this stuff happens and it's serious. Like yeah, people like, could die. This is, this is the most dangerous thing that I've seen the X-Men do so far. Like including like up to and including breaking into go- government nuclear buildings. Like yeah. this kind of shit terrifies me. If you look it's, in the chat, by the way, ignore the dark souls three image, but the, the Xavier image is there. If we want to talk about his cape some more, cause <laughs> And you know I do. The uh, it it is very much like thematically of a piece with Logan, you know, where it's like, oh, like Xavier is maybe not, uh, you know, should not be free to reign, you know, on his own, um, and just kind of do whatever he wants, you know, because he's fucking terrifying. Because he's super fucking scary. Yeah, this will definitely. Yeah. Uh, you want to have even have to look in the notes for this. This will be the um, episode art. So this is probably, yeah. This will be what comes up when you download the episode. He does have that black that black uh, black tie. Yeah. Why did the tie me. turn black? That doesn't and, make and any his, sense. I don't. I don't know. Is a uh, yeah. Um. Anywho, so the first person on his hit list is uh, Wolverine, mm-hmm. and he, Wolverine's taking the subway like a schlub because he's got to get to that nightclub. He's got to get to uh, that nightclub, and he's <laughs> he's got night, night of the Roxbury. Bub. He's gotten three key bumps in him, and he that only lasts for about four minutes. So he's got to get there quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so a bunch of uh, Yuriko shows up and like tempts him into another subway car, which then uh, turns into Sabretooth, which then turns into Deadpool. Yep. Uh, you know, fucking with them, and you know, Wolverine's the one person who should be able to know if this is a psychic projection. Uh, but then Evil Xavier appears there as well, and Wolverine's kind of like doesn't really fall for it, uh, which Xavier will one hundred percent know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but he does. He is. You know, uh, he knows it's not really Xavier, but he is hurting his feelings real bad. Oh yeah, you were an animal when I found you. You don't deserve this. And then, like, Evil Xavier, like produces a gun and shows Wolverine that Jubilee's tied up on the train tracks. Like he's some fucking vaudeville villain. Yeah. And, and then when Wolverine tries to run away, he like cements his feet to the ground. Like, yeah. This- with like psychic goo, which then is, can be cut through with claws though. Cause that's how Wolverine gets out. So his, his claws cut through the psychic goo and he, he escapes. Like it's very, it's a very sloppy scene. Yeah. This whole thing, by the way, like it's, there's there's so much going on here like he goes back to him starts fucking with gambit for a little while then he calls well, like pretty- before he starts, like we, before he starts talking we have to can't go over that too quick because i guess gambit and jubilee just go to movies together hey shell where can you and me go and get some good cajun food in this town huh hey you said you'd take me to this broadway show sure yeah that's something <laughs> <laughs> gambit skeezing on some lady in line and like jubilee's like you promised you'd take me to the movies like what, I wouldn't have accepted this pairing. Like, what is it? Is there like a, is Jubilee just on the chore wheel? No, no, no. You know, um, I guarantee you that Wolverine, Wolverine is. That, uh, that Jubilee is 13 and just wants to get the fuck out of the house. Right. Like you promised you'd oh, yeah. take me to the mall. Like you, you've been there, yeah. right? Like I just yeah, want yeah. to leave. I will go with it literally grandma. What are you doing? Take me somewhere. I, this is not my house. I think that on different days of the week, the different X-Men have to chaperone Gambit. To make sure he doesn't make sure he doesn't do sex crimes. So um, I think that I think that they they make it seem like she puts up an act to think that he's taking care of her, but really she's there just to make sure he doesn't end up in fucking lockup again. Gambit is like one sex crime away in every county in New York from just having yeah. to go to jail. Like, yeah, what zip code Gambit in? Guess okay. <laughs> like I don't know what borough this is. Um, Where the closest church are we? I need to go away for a little while. Like, and then if he if he ever gets actually banned like you know or and that's why the xavier mansion can't be within like a certain number of feet of schools and shit too 
like he's on a number of lists and yeah. the, um, the like he's it, it just becomes too much of a headache like if he uh, if he gets moved again so jubilee has to take care of him but he shows up and, and takes care of him not like he doesn't do any of the cool like psychological torture or gambit which like you could do because there's this whole like long-running arc about gambit betraying the x-men yep uh, but he chooses having, not to do and that. having a very tiny penis too. Don't forget that. that was yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Like we you know, we just come up there and be like, "What are you compensating for?" You know, and just like, "What the?" <laughs> like, I see you drive a four by four, gamut. <laughs> My insecurity it hurt, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, but so he doesn't do that. He just kind of fucks with them a little bit. Um, you know, makes fun makes fun of Jubilee, but then Wolverine shows up to be like, "That's not Xavier." Uh, and the, uh, this is when the cops show up and storm does her like mist maze. Yeah. Yeah. Because the cops show up and uh, immediately evil Xavier disappears or dark Xavier, or like, yeah. hey, let's call him dark shroud Xavier. That sounds appropriately. Yeah, dark shroud Xavier. <laughs> Super that's memory. It's a good, um, good, uh, dark souls boss, <laughs> dark shroud Xavier or an invader, like a, a good dark souls invader. Yeah. So the cops show up and like want to arrest them. And yeah, once again, storm is there to summon fog. Uh, we didn't mention this way back when, but she also, at the beginning of this episode, uh, as they're interrogating Jubilee, um, mm-hmm. they storm breaks in there and fills up the room with fog. <laughs> three fogs in the space of about 25 minutes of total cartoon. So it's pretty crazy. Um, so dark Xavier on his, uh, his world run tour of X-Men to torture shows up at the room where Scott is holding like vigil with Jean and, you know, hits Cyclops with, with mind Ray or whatever. And then Jean wakes up and is like, you know, uh, that's a projection zaps him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they eventually, you know, they, they kill that kills the dark projection. They go up to the roof and Xavier explains she, she, what she Phoenix is out to do that. Like she, Oh is, yeah. She, she, she yeah. flares basically. Yeah. Yeah. She has to Phoenix up and um, we go up to the roof and Xavier explains things like w- what this whole thing was, I guess. And I, and I love that Xavier is like, yeah, my, my dark persona came to life. Um, I have to hide him inside my body all the time or else he'll get out and like kill people. Yeah. I am um, a chicken time bomb. I'm going, I'm going to go to Scotland to visit my ex-girlfriend. Peace. <laughs> Just leaves. Like that's it. That's all they get. You guys take care of all this weird shit that's happening and uh maybe talk to the you know, government about that space shuttle we dumped in the hudson bay i gotta yeah. go to scotland or ireland or yep. whatever the fuck can be ireland yeah if I, if I don't see my ex i'm gonna go fucking crazy which like you know as somebody with exes like that's not what that wouldn't that wouldn't make me better that's, that's uh, not what that relationship is at yeah all. <laughs> it, you know and i get that they're still they're still friends but it is a, it is a weird thing so he takes his his go his space go-kart to uh to muir island um, where we're introduced to uh, Moria and Banshee. Yep, well, Moria um, should... we've seen before, like way yeah. back. Then. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, Banshee is is brand new, and also her her fiance, which yeah. <laughs> immediately bums yeah. out Xavier. And man, it's it's what actually a pretty good bummed out Xavier yeah. face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess he was probably maybe he was thinking like, listen, like he was gonna you know get back together or at least like hook up or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I'm I'm having a rough time, like. You know, can you hold me and it can feel a little bit like we were back in our old relationship? And it's like, no, I'm getting married to this guy who's never on. Like, you know, that I'm I'm getting married to this Irish guy. Uh, you know, what always makes me feel better months. when my evil self springs forth from inside my telepathic mind and starts torturing folks. Mm-hmm. 
sex. Talking, yeah, <laughs> just just I, like I, some I, just some dirty like, X sex. <laughs> yeah, just, just like uh, more on top, you know. Just, just, just some just some uh, just some like we need, both of us know we should not be doing this like dirty ass X sex. <laughs> yeah, they get triple X. They get triple the, X. The Xavier X sex. <laughs> yeah, yep. The um and, and like I can kind of see that, but it's just it's so funny that immediately like he lands and the the fiance is there. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> sorry, Aww. sorry, bud. Um, so he he goes to bed. Like he's like, okay, I'm gonna go to sleep. And he <laughs> literally this. does that. He's like, all right, I can't handle this. I'm leaving. And like goes to make his own. Moira doesn't even know he was coming. <laughs> yeah, they were on like, a walk together. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real like familiarity thing where he's like, I'm gonna live here now. Uh, and and Banshee like knows what what's up. He's like, are you sure he's not still in love with you? And she's like, no, he's not but he needs me or something like that. And it's like, you, you don't fucking know that. Like, yeah, you don't know. He definitely that. just drove across. He, like, he just like, you know, sky drove across the globe for you. And also um, like, because she, she makes a point of saying he gives everything to his X-Men. You know, he needs somebody to take care of him. Like he literally just left his fucking X-Men in New York. Like, after psychically attacking them. Yeah. Not, not great. Um, but none of that so, matters uh, because Moira and Banshee get to make out, which is always fun. And then yep. Alondra shows up. Like she just yep. plops in her spacesuit. This, um, weird bug-eyed spacesuit creature that we've seen actually turns out to be just a woman or I guess a bird woman, but like not even a real bird woman, but it ends up being Lalandra. She was the one that's been psychically communicating to Xavier and she gives us a whole lot of exposition about what happens. Yeah. She explains who she is. Um, there's an empire. There's her brother to who's trying to take it over. Um, she's got this, uh, this crystal and he wants to use it to destroy the world, but she took it. Um, and they're about to, and she also explains their connection. Like, Hey, you're my secret Mzadi. Like we have this mind connection thing, mm-hmm. you know? And this is when they fall in like super love because like Lalandra and Xavier have weird super love. Yeah. Like, and it's not, it's, it's like both of them are just, and it feels so shitty because Xavier just saw his ex like, Oh yeah, you're, you're engaged. Well, I've got a space girlfriend now. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it feels like, like so one up, like this chick like, kind of well, likes me and now we're in love. It, it's, that. I mean, it's even better when, cause they, they, uh, they, their juggernaut shows up and we're going to get to a point where they all come in and Lalandra is not there and nobody believes that Lalandra is real, <laughs> yeah. which is such a, that's so hilarious and good. Like, cause it, it adds to that where it's just like, no, no, really? Like you're, you're married to Banshee. Well, I've got space girlfriend. And it's like, well, where is she buddy? Like, where are you? Okay. Like just, you know, um, which is, is a, a, like now that I'm saying it out loud is like a total valid way to take it, but they just don't really yeah. do that. They don't, the actor doesn't have any kind of vulnerability that like would make any of this make sense. Not at all. You know, like Xavier, like you could explain every stupid, shitty thing he's done for the last two episodes if he wasn't like ultra confident Xavier. You know, like you just absolutely it's like a case of poor direction where like if he had been like, you know, shown a little bit of vulnerability, I think it would have made a lot of sense. Um, and as you mentioned, this is where uh Juggernaut busts in because <laughs> Juggernaut just automatically knows where Xavier is at all times. Yeah, his, his Xavier Dar <laughs> is uh going off. Yeah, so we're going to, rather than doing the uh, spotlight, we're going to continue on, keep our momentum here, and move directly into XM-305, the Phoenix Saga Part 3, Cry of the Banshee, original air date September 7th, 1994. You'll notice that's one day after the last one, so they're showing these all in a row. Um, the X-Men enlisted the help of fellow mutant Banshee and launch an attempt to save Alondra. Uh, bet when they arrive at the site, or bet when they arrive at the site, the X-Men are stopped in the tracks by the gladiator faced with a foe unlike they've ever seen before the x-men are soon overpowered but not before the phoenix comes to their aid 
Another like, r- relatively accurate <laughs> description. Relatively accurate. It, it papers over like the entirety of Juggernaut and Black Tom, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, which are kind of the you know the big deal in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they uh, this point you know Juggernaut uh, showed up. He knocked you know he, he, he that was the kind of sting at the end here. Mm-hmm. Before our to be continued, um, yeah. we kind of open on uh, Moira and Banshee still making out from the last episode. Yeah. Like they're just, man, they're just tonsil hockey all over the place. Like that's all they're doing. Oh bunch yeah, of, bunch of newlyweds. Um, yeah, but they hear Xavier being attacked and run over. Uh, Lalandra is able to knock Juggernaut's head off, which allows Xavier to get control of him. Unfortunately, Black Tom shows up and shoots Xavier, which puts a stop to that pretty quick. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Black Tom is is very focused on the business. Like they have been hired by Eric the Red to k- kidnap Lalandra. Like the, which we I got, mean, <laughs> we got we some subcontracting. Ta- I mean, come out yeah, come <laughs> it's like some subcontracting. Like <laughs> Eric the Red's uh, plans and henchmen goals. Like he like put out like a contract or something. Where, you know, on Earth, like I, I just it's very like Eric the Red's methods don't make any sense to me at all. No, not not at all. Like, where did he pull up Juggernaut from? Like, was he just going through the pizza the the Pizza Hut tape and like looking through the villains of the X Men? Like, <laughs> Soldier of Fortune and just happened to find like, you know, the top rated mercenary ever. Uh, um, yeah. Juggernaut though, like he's a little bit more focused on Xavier. Like he's still he's got a lot of resentment towards Xavier, so he like tries to throw Xavier out of the window. But fortunately, Banshee comes in, and I will probably cut in the audio of Banshee screaming a few times because it is god awful. It's 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 a, it's a brave choice. It's the guy commits to it. The, the actor commits to it. And um, just, I mean, it's the same guy that was in the generation, generation X show, which we did for the duck bundle, yeah. the diggity duck bundle, uh, which everybody should go check that out. If you haven't, it's a really good episode. If you like this, but um, man, he just leans into it so hard and it's awful. It never, it never, it, it's way too, it happens too much. Yes. Like way, way too much. Like it, it's, it's allowed, like it's actually allowed in the mix. Um, and it's, uh, it's, he has to do it to fly. So in the comics, it just means there's this little trail of ease that follows Banshee, <laughs> like, ee! and you know, it doesn't seem like it would just be like literally just a guy yelling. Yeah! Uh, they couldn't have added an effect to this. They couldn't have made it, you know, kind of weird. It's just like a guy screaming. Um, super, super weird, but he's, he saves Xavier's life. Um, and this is when they end up in the hotel and they're just like, sure. Your space girlfriend was here. And, and um, Xavier just leans into it so hard. He's like, of course she's here. And of course she's real. I love her. Oh <laughs> like, my God. Like, all right. 15 year old Xavier. First it was, it was dark shroud Xavier. Now we've got 15 year old Xavier coming out to play. Xavier's having a real rough couple episodes in this. Like this, <laughs> this is like, you know, this the Phoenix's story, but Xavier has gotten like, has been the fucking, fucked up one the entire time Seriously. you know which is you know kind of strange um so back in the hospital they switch to because this is another episode where everything is a little bit too fiddly i think mm-hmm. uh the way this all works because it has a lot to do with like uh, a lot of the plot machinations are xavier spying on the landra but gene spying on xavier like, there's a lot of like third-hand information stuff that happens here so like uh, back in the hospital gene has another kind of like gene phoenixy episode and the x-men all show up in their casual clothes Rogue, Rogue finally like, appears. Like finally, yeah. Where have I been? Yeah, like, <laughs> and she, she feels kind of guilty for not being there while all this stuff was going down. Which, hey, yo, you should. Like, what was yeah. your important mission? Literally, <laughs> you, what could you be doing? Did you get the Girl Scout cookies you were looking for, Rogue? Did you finally find the Thin Mints? 
yeah. and and this is where uh again wolverine being like the kind of point of reason i think for anything is just like you know they're they're gonna go check out xavier's thing and there's kind of this discussion about it whether they should whether it's it's bonkers you know xavier is kind of a shithead now and wolverine says like hey we were just in space and saw a bunch of aliens like none of the rules make sense anymore yeah like all bets are off i don't think i have it in the notes but i think more calls them and is like hey yo xavier had an episode and destroyed my bedroom like and is now claiming that there's a space alien here that (laughs) he's gotta go pick up your dad you gotta go (laughs) pick up your dad he's drunk (laughs) he won't stop hallucinating space girlfriends and blowing up my shit like but good on wolverine for like saying like no no let's give him the fucking benefit of the doubt like i can just go over there and smell around yeah that's exactly it like i'm i'm i I have the power there's lots of psychics on the team but for some reason i'm the one who can tell her things are real um and and it's uh it's not so much he's just like let's give him the benefit of the doubt which he does and i'm i'm not as sympathetic to that as just like who knows something crazy might be happening where the x-men and crazy shit happens all the time you know like maybe it's maybe it's something um so they end up there um, this is where they, they, or they switch to the castle. This is where we learn about black Tom's, uh, whole thing. And there's this lengthy negotiation scene oh where like God, black Tom is like, you know, here's, here's my $10 million. And it's like, you get nothing. And then, uh, juggernaut walks up behind him, grabs his head. Uh, it's awesome. You know, and they, they have this, like, uh, the, you know, this kind of like, you'll, you'll pay my partner. Um, and, uh, Eric decides to give him $10 million, which he somehow got. Uh, I just imagine him at the like your currency exchange. Where, yeah, what is he like? How many Incron crystals? Let me Google that. What are ten million dollars? Conversion rate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can kind of see him doing like doing this thing where he hires them. And he has no intention to pay them uh, because he doesn't realize the Juggernaut's super powerful. But like that's why he hired the Juggernaut. You know, it's 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 real. Again, Eric the Red's plans are really shitty. Yeah, he's not great at this whole supervillain thing. You definitely see why he's like assistant to the assistant to the assistant in all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's yeah. he's the uh, he's the Dwight of the group. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he is. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. Finally, the X Men show up, and uh, Wolverine and Banshee fight for some reason. Like they just immediately kind of get into it. I think Banshee is kind of a, a little bit of a smartass, or doesn't believe Wolverine or something. So Wolverine kind of gets into it. Um, and then again, you talked about it before, but there's a lot of back and forth. So like juggernaut showing shows up with a little Andra to, you know, so we can see black Tom counting his $10 million. Um, yep. there's a lot of yelling between Lilandra and Eric while they talk about like, I don't know, like space stuff. Like none of this stuff yeah. really made a, made a, like a lasting like, impression D- on me. D- Khan is going to destroy the world. If you, if you give him this crystal, you know, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm going to do it because I'm loyal to the emperor. You know, I'm evil, etc. cetera. Um, then, since she still has her psychic connection to Xavier sends Xavier, like a postcard of where they're at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, because of that, um, Charles Xavier like shows everyone else like Wolverine knows that Dernard was there and something is alien there. Like he's like, Oh, there was an alien here. So maybe Chuck does have a girlfriend. And then uh, Xavier projects this postcard to everyone and really, really nice coincidence that uh, Banshee's like, Oh, that's my family castle. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh yeah. Black yeah. Tom is my black cousin. I mean, no, wait, that doesn't sound right. Black Tom <laughs> yeah, is my, what do I, so how do I say this without sounding black Tom is my, you know what? He's just, the, he's cousin. the black sheep. <laughs> yeah he's, he's the black sheep of the family um so at this point and this is uh phoenix at some point 
also scans him. This happens a little bit later, I think, but like that's how everyone just kind of figures out where to go. Yeah, Here, so and then there's like our- fights break out. At this point, the um, the astronauts turns zombie slaves show up, and the X Men have to fight yes. those guys. Um, the, the space station zombies, they call them. Which are again, <laughs> what, what a couple of weeks for these guys. Like we're like they've just been doing Eric Red's laundry for like. So if you oh god, all your no. clothes are metal and you don't have any. Um, <laughs> um, and the, would the you way they get there, re- would you rather remember this time if you're the space if you're the astronaut or not remember this time? Like, if, if would you if, wake up with just no memory whatsoever? It would be great to have no memory, but you know you, you dream about it. Like, um, the uh, uh, the way they get there is like the there's like a bunch of X Men, but the X Men that can fly carry everybody. Yeah, that's and that's always uh, real goofy and great. Banshee carries uh, uh, Wolverine, and Wolverine just has his hands on his ears, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. If we hadn't already chosen Dark Wolf, Dark Xavier, that'd be a really good image for the uh, this episode. Like, it's a very funny image. I uh, dude, this 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 whole thing is just so goofy. And like, it's if 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 the listeners out there are a little bit confused to the timeline, it's because none of this makes a whole lot of sense. Like, it's just throwing stuff at you. Like, I think it's pretty impressive that we've gotten through so much of the show so quickly. When like this, because the show is paced that quick, like it's just going yeah. that fast. And, and it, you, it's everything is unnecessary. Like, if something marks these three episodes, it's being unnecessarily complicated. You know, like again, everybody's getting like third hand information, like everybody's in different kind of places and it's not juggled real well, you know, and just uh, it's not like I needed a scene where like Eric the Red hires Juggernaut, but it does feel weird and arbitrary that he shows up. You know, it's like they just had to introduce Banshee, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, anyway, everyone converges. Yes. So they all show up at the castle for a big castle fight that I think is actually really good. Yeah, there's actually some really good animation here. Like they they do some clever um, like perspective tricks here where people mm-hmm. are kind of and they did this back on the Savage Land episode too, where they're fighting with the uh, Mister Sinister and his uh, weirdo nasty boys, but where they, the perspective stays in one place and the X Men kind of fight across it at different sides. And I really I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Like that, that that stuff always looks really cool. It reminds me of like the movies when they kind of trade off. Like well, we're going to be fighting somebody and he'll throw him to someone else or something. Yeah, yeah. They also have the thing where. Uh... Uh, rogue like flies through the wall and busts through different rooms where fights are happening. Oh yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That's a, it's it's a really good fight actually. Like I think it's it's one of the better ones we've had. If I was um, good at making gifts, yeah, yeah, it would be an awesome. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, so, so uh, yeah, we get we get we've been kind of seeing throughout the episode of this like uh, weird entity flying towards Earth in the middle of space, and finally it lands, and it's Gladiator, who is one of the emperors, like you know. X-Men, as you said in the, earlier in the episode. Um, and he he's like super pissed off at Eric because all Eric was supposed to do was capture Lalandra. Like nobody said shit about this X-Men, Black Tom, yeah. not Irish Castle <laughs> bullshit. He's, he's, like you made this way more complicated than it needed to be. <laughs> Gladiator has no idea of the plot and he does not care. Um, I, have no, I have no idea why uh, Juggernaut and Black Tom were able to chase down Lalandra if, if Eric the Red couldn't. Well, I mean, a psychic connection between Tom and Banshee, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. And, like, it's not a psychic connection between Juggernaut and Xavier because Juggernaut wears a helmet to stop a psychic connection between Juggernaut and Xavier. Like, it's literally something he doesn't want to have happen. He takes he's he's wearing a psychic condom like to stop that. And we've proven like in the first season of the of, of the cartoon that Juggernaut does not know where Xavier is at all times just naturally. Like he showed up to the Xavier mansion when Xavier wasn't there. He wasn't he was in Congress yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's been a, it's been established many <clears throat> times over that like this would not happen. Again, just overly complicated. Like it would have been you know like like have Eric the Red pull out a little device and have a tracking device 
and you can avoid like literally everything that happened in this. And it's fun stuff. Like it's a good fight. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. It moves the plot along, but like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, gladiator is kind of a neat character in, uh, uh, the comics because he's like long shot where he's as powerful as he, his like faith in his emperor is or something like that. His power has a, as a belief component. Yeah. Uh, that makes it variable. Which is really interesting. Like I, I always like when they do that. Let's st- do stuff like yeah. that because like, um, we see like in the new X Men with Grant Morrison how that gets just completely turned around on him and he just becomes ineffectual. Like that's that was really really fun. So. Yeah, yeah. Cassandra Nova just kind of tells him like, "Hey, this is what your empire is," and like lays out the facts and it kind of destroys him. Yeah. It reminds it'd be like you know it's it, every once in a while somebody will make that argument to Captain America too, where they're just like, "Hey, America is shit." You know, have you seen how many tent cities there are outside the fucking Avengers mansion? Like, you know, it's maybe not that good of a country cap. And, and he just, uh, you know, and it never works on him, but his powers aren't tied to it. You know, and it's cool that people fuck with that with gladiator. Um, so he's like, uh, did you see the new Spider-Man trailer that came out? No, there's a uh, there's a there's a really brief moment where you see Captain America like on a video screen and he's like Captain America's fitness program for the youths or whatever. It just looks like the goopiest shit ever. And I'm like, Captain, like, what do you you after everything that you've been through, you're making fitness videos? (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, that happened after Civil War when, you know, sorry. Uh, Yeah, the X-Men fight Gladiator, which does not go over very well. Gladiator just Mm -hmm. wipes them all out. Um, back at the hospital, Jean realizes what's happening, turns into full Phoenix and flies across the planet and literally kicks gladiator off the fucking planet. Like just like kind of flicks him and he goes flying Eric, the red and one of my favorite villain departures ever turns around and runs without a single word. (laughs) (laughs) Out of here. This is way beyond me. I was punching above my weight class before. And now somebody just kicked gladiators ass. I am out. Um, in the next episode, it's getting a little ahead of herself. Black Tom does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. yes, Mr. Gladiator. And then just leaves. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so yeah, Gladiator gets, uh, and then Phoenix shows up, right? So like Phoenix shows up and uh, takes, uh, uh, beats up Gladiator, throws him off the planet, like spares him by throwing him into space. Yep. Um, and then we show Dakon like it's a reveal and like we give a shit who Dakon is. Yeah, yeah, and like Dakon descends on the Earth or whatever, and like nobody cares. But we still have two more episodes. So. Yeah, <laughs> yep. But we're gonna get to those in two weeks from now. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. I I think these were t- three pretty okay episodes. Like they're super goofy. Uh, I think the animation has definitely taken a turn for the worse. And this is also, as we mentioned in our feedback episode, this is where uh, the studio started having massive problems with their animation studio. Um, they were sending stuff back to be redone. Things were being shown out of order, all of the stuff. So like, I think that the quality has gone down a little bit, but it's also gotten a lot more imaginative and a lot more crazy. Like I can't imagine the plot. Like I would love to see a script to this, right? <laughs> just, just, yeah. Like the voice actors have to be looking at this and go, what is this show? Like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I I'm, I'm way into how weird these episodes are. Like it's harder to take this seriously you know, than, than earlier episodes where I'm like, Oh man, this has a strong emotional and thematic core. Uh, this doesn't like it, it 100% doesn't. It's just like bonkers. Um, and really unpredictable in a way that I think is, is pretty fun. And again, I I remember watching these as a kid and, um, and I've talked about this before seeing stuff in the animated series kind of out of order because like, you know, TiVo didn't exist back then. I didn't fucking keep up with this stuff, but, uh, 
and just seeing like a character like Black Tom and thinking like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Like, I want to know more yeah. about that guy. Ultimately disappointed in Black Tom, but like what? what <laughs> but it just, it just there's so many, so much craziness that they pack into a you know twenty something minute episode. Yeah, yeah. Black Tom is real weird. Like he just he shoots beams, uh, and and that's uh that's that's really him. At some point, he turns into a tree. Um, that's and that's and he's just there to like have like a schemer to a, like a, attach a schemer to Juggernaut. Juggernaut I think yeah, because Juggernaut's yeah, like, kind of ju- the big dumb idiot. So we need, we need that. yeah, and there yeah, there's no he was never going to do anything other than just like you know knock down buildings and rob banks if if he didn't have Black Tom attached to him. Yeah. So uh, again, I think very fun episodes without being like particularly good. I think the next two are better. I do too. Yeah. I actually had they, kind of fun watching the next two, even though Autumn was watching them with me and like kind of giving me that look that I've come to know means, are you really doing a podcast about this? <laughs> well, the end of it is, is so fucking like what actually, what Dakon wants is really stupid. But if you replace that with, I guess what happens at the end of like the dark Phoenix saga and the comics, you know, where it's like a trial or something like that, you, you replace it with, a, I mean, maybe a trial would make sense, but you replace it with a cooler ending than just like, he wants to live inside a rock world. Um, <laughs> it, it just ends up making kind of more of a sense together. I think. And I, wanna, I think I that run down apartment complex and be the manager. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to live in an apartment. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and I think that the star jammer stuff is actually pretty cool. Um, so we're, we're going to get to that. If you like this show, um, you can support the entire network on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV, uh, you can give us a couple bucks a month. Um, that'd be really fantastic. We are nearing, uh, not, not really nearing a new milestone, but nearing a nice big round number, which I always like. Oh, cool. Um, and, uh, if you, uh, if you, you know, even a little bit of money helps. So if you don't support the network at this point, um, that is the reason why we're able to do extra shows and these kind of vanity projects, uh, like this, not that this is a vanity project, but like do take risks. It is primarily a video game network and to do some shows that are not about video games, which we want to do. Um, you know, we need, uh, to be able to commit time to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, th- that helps. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing that gets you also access to the Slack where we have like a lot of cool people that hang out and talk about Gambit and Wolverine and all kinds of things. So it's a really, really fun place to go and hang out and chat on the Internet. Gary, I think it might be literally the only safe place left on the Internet. <laughs> it's, it's it's generally pretty good. Even we've had like two minor instances of drama and those drama bits are like usually us saying like, hey, can you cool it? And then the person cools it. Dun dun dun. Yeah, um, that's, like, that's, that was literally the, the extent of it. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh it's it's very, very it's a very sweethearted uh community. It really uh, is. And yeah. um I think no, I talked about that on the feedback episode because that comes out that came out last week, so never mind. Um, That's all right. If, if you want to keep up keep up with the show, we have the schedule posted at daysoffuturecast.com slash schedule. You can go there and see what day the episodes are, the podcast is going to come out and what episodes of the TV show that the episode of the podcast is going to cover. I yes. made that way too too difficult to say, but just go to daysoffuturecast.com slash schedule and you can see all of that. Um, thank you everybody for listening. If you have time, give us an iTunes review. It really, really helps. Tell your friends mm-hmm. that are into the X-Men or just dirty gambit jokes in this case. Yes. <laughs> and they can, uh, they can, cause they will probably appreciate the show and it really, really helps to spread the word about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. So, yeah. uh, until next time, good night. Good night. <laughs>